Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. Week five is upon us, ladies and gentlemen. We have schedules to analyze, best, worst, in between, almost like the original kitten mittens. We've got streaming, we've got injuries. We've got it all as we head into another week of the NBA season, and we've got it here on Fantasy NBA Today, a sports ethos presentation. I am Dan Bespris, and I am joined on our weekly lineup show every week by the week master himself. I spent all of zero seconds deciding that that was going to be your nickname. He is at DballBball on all social media platforms. He is Derek Ball, and he is back. What's up, dude? You ready for week five? Uh, Dan, I am uh, I am really looking forward to this week. You know, it's funny you you led with that little comment about kitten mittens there, and <laughs> I was already ready to give you a little line about how I kind of felt like looking at the schedule this week. I kind of felt like Charlie Day, you know, the one where he's got the the poster oh, behind yeah. him, oh, the yeah. red strings. You've got so many options to go through this week. I think I drove myself crazy writing this week's thread. You have decidedly few. Uh, pieces of string behind you, though. So I, I assume we're going to be doing this just out of the Charlie map in your brain then? Is that, are we going to have to rely on the brain? Well, good luck to anyone who's got to keep up with that. Yeah, heaven help us all. Uh, again, he is at D-Ball, B-Ball on social. He writes the week ahead piece at Sports Ethos, and he's going to bring all of you guys a large chunk of the info from that. But of course, if you want the whole week ahead piece, you got to go sign up for a fantasy pass over at sportsethos.com. Starts at just 6 bucks a month. You get all sorts of stuff. The week ahead is just one of the awesome uh, pieces of content in said fantasy pass. Uh, so, Derek, I, the way that we normally go through this stuff is I kind of work my way through your Twitter thread, which I, folks should definitely check that thing out. But I, I spent a little bit of time between shows, and I thought maybe like trying to attack... The chronology of the week does actually make a lot of sense, and I want to do that at some point, but maybe we start with more of the broad overview of this coming week. You said it's like a Charlie map. Does that mean that it is a very good week to stream or a very complicated week to stream or some weird combination of both? Well, I mean, it's definitely going to be a combination of the both. Um, I would say rather than a good or a bad week to stream, I would say it's a mandatory week to stream because ah. there are just so many different ways to do it. And there are so so many uh, games concentrated right around that Thanksgiving Thursday that you're really able, if you're, if you're starting the week streaming heavy, you're really able to add a lot of games played to your totals. And if you're in a head-to-head league, games played basically translate to wins in a lot of circumstances. So I can assure you that your opponent is going to be streaming. And if you want to beat your opponent this week, there's so many options to do so. You just have to choose which one works for your team. And it's not like other weeks where I have to tell you on Monday, you, you take this guy and on Tuesday, you take this guy. And if you're lucky, you can switch on Wednesday. You've got great options every single day with the exception of Thursday. How is that possible? There's no options on Thursday. <laughs> uh, uh, right. Uh, happy Thanksgiving, everyone, in advance. How is it possible that there are so many good options every day? Well, it's just the way that the league has kind of concentrated the schedule around that day. They really weighed down the schedule on Wednesday and Friday surrounding that Thanksgiving. So effectively, teams that are playing on those days are playing a back-to-back. And then you think about it, they have had a rest day in between. So the league was actually able to, on both sides of those Wednesday and Friday, they were also able to schedule games there. So you've got teams that are effectively playing back-to-back-to-back this week if they're scheduled on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday or Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday. Both of those things are possible this week. 
uh, along with the fact that you've got uh, basically half the league on a three and four or a four and five at some point this week. There's just so many different ways to get through it. I mean, you're looking at Monday, you've got Boston, Chicago, Denver, Golden State, Houston, Milwaukee, Minnesota, Sacramento, and San Antonio on a three and four. Or if you want to be really uh, aggressive, you can go for the Clippers, you can go for the Heat, you can go for the Pelicans or the Wizards on Monday. Tons of options to get through and add tons of games played. It's just a matter of picking the best player. Friday, I know, has 10 games, which is like borderline overflow for a lot of clubs. That one, maybe we don't need to dig quite as deep. But Wednesday is a Mondo day. Almost the entire league plays on Wednesday. What do you do from a week planning perspective when everybody plays on some day in the middle of the week? Because basically anything you add on Wednesday is going to be nullified by the fact that you probably already had a full schedule. So is there a way to stream avoiding Wednesday? Like, could you potentially give up a Wednesday game to get a game on a different day? Or do the schedules just not even really align like that? I mean, there's really no, uh, I mean, everyone's playing on on Wednesday. So I've really factor that day into my planning too much. I mean, you're not going to be streaming Pistons players this week. And there's not really a great opportunity to stream any Knicks players until the weekend hits. Now, you said there was 28 teams playing on Wednesday. I just named the two that aren't. So really, if you were to avoid Wednesday, it, it wouldn't be beneficial to you in any way. Um, so I'm not really factoring that into my plan very much for me. It's really about on these first couple of days, Monday, Tuesday, getting the best value there and long streaming them if I can. Um, because I think that if you're looking to make moves on Wednesday or Friday, and I say this in my thread, um, I just don't think you're going to have a lot of options because I think people are going to be really aggressive early on picking their favorite players and just trying to ride them out for the week with such a heavy schedule. So uh, you mentioned the Pistons in there. Uh, who are the who are the teams where you're I mean, okay, like, we talk about teams to avoid. Sometimes you can't really avoid them. You know, if you have Shea Gilgis-Alexander in a two-game week, he's the number one player in fantasy. It's not like you're going to avoid him. But if you're thinking about streaming, who are the teams that you're avoiding right now? Well, I'm specifically avoiding the Pistons. Um, There are two other two-game teams this week, but I did actually give the Pistons the nod as the worst schedule of the week. There's just really nothing redeeming about it. Um, with a Monday start and then not playing again until Friday. There's just too many days in between uh, for me to see any value in streaming them. But you had actually mentioned uh, Shea Gildress-Alexander. He's another one of the players that's on a team that's only got two games this week. Uh, and the Mavs are the others. So you've got the Thunder, the Mavs, and the Pistons that are all playing a fairly limited schedule. However, the difference between the Pistons and the other two two-game teams is that they have games that are actually only uh, spaced a day apart. So you can, for a limited basis, if there is a player that is near the top of your waiver wire that you really want to get, uh, you can at least stream them for a little bit. Having said that, with so many different long streaming options and different ways to navigate the week, I'll probably just fade the chances of me uh, having a Dallas, OKC, or Detroit player unnecessarily all week. Anybody that was watching on YouTube saw what looked like me shouting at a non-existent producer. It was actually my child yelling from outside a locked door and trying to bash, bash, bash his way in to tell me about some kid he saw at the park. I told him that he can tell me after the show is over. But just in case anybody hears the sound of a child screaming, it's probably about uh, a friend that he ran into at the park. Let's keep talking about the week ahead um, because my move... I want you to tell me, I also came up with this idea of something we could talk about before we get into the the actual day-to-day. My move when I'm planning a week this early in the season is often, because like when I get into the playoffs, and I want to try to keep this as short as possible because me monologuing to get to a question is, is just bad podcast form. 
when I'm in my fantasy playoffs, I'm planning nine, ten days ahead. Right now, I don't plan that far out because I want to be ready in case something more lasting pops up. Like, if I've planned out seven, eight days in advance, I've basically sort of iced out the idea of me pivoting hard on so-and-so. Like, this week it would have been Santi Aldama, who, you know, we saw in the Laker game, came Mm -hmm. off the bench and took a crap ton of shots in, like, 25 minutes. It was that game against the Lakers where we all were like, hey, wait a minute, like, this may be the Marcus Smart guy. It doesn't make any sense because he's a power forward, but this might be the Marcus Smart guy. And then he went nuts over the weekend. But if we had sort of planned out every move all the way up to that point, that would have been one of those spots where maybe we are unable to go get a guy that could help for, I don't know, until Ja comes back. Like, we're talking about not even a stream anymore. You're talking about an injury replacement for half a month. Mm -hmm. So this time of year, I tend to long stream in more like three or four day chunks is that, should I be less lazy, is the way I want to phrase that. Should I make my plan, but then also have contingencies in case things come up? Or, you know me, Derek, my job here, or my my task, my goal on Fantasy NBA Today is always to simplify things. Mm-hmm. Is a way to simplify, to shorten the long stream by just a little bit, so that you have maybe a little, maybe it's a little bit simpler to, to sort of pivot on a strategy, or am I now making it too, like I've, or maybe I've eliminated the actual strategy of it. That question was terrible. Did you make any sense of that? Yeah, I mean, I think I know what you're getting at here. For me, I and I and I tend to advocate for this anyway. Uh, it's long streaming first and foremost because if I'm long streaming, that means I'm relatively confident in that player relative to the rest of the field of waiver wire options. Uh, I personally, I like to use the early part of the season to experiment where possible and try to find the best player that's going to carry me through uh, the rest of the season. So I think I think the the thing you're trying to do right now is to try to find the best combination of talent and opportunity. Uh, if I had to split the difference between the two right now, I think I would actually take talent over opportunity. Opportunity being the schedule. Um, as you get closer to the playoffs, yes, the schedule is going to become that much more important because you're going to want to make sure that every single move counts for the absolute most mathematical, um, you know, production you you can get. Um, but right now, I think you're, you're trying to fine-tune your roster and find the, the best way possible to add talent that can take you to the finish line. Now, if you take a chance on a player, like you say, on that three- or four-day window, they don't work out, and that's fine. Cast them aside. They were never really a big part of your plan. But I think the key is that you're swinging for upside here. Uh, you you want to get that player that's going to um, do at least as much as what they've been doing to get your attention, if not more. Um, so I, I don't tend to advocate for very safe players as, um, as streaming options in the early season. I want to get those players that I know, or at least I feel very confident are going to give me top 100 or better production. Um, if they're not meeting that criteria, then I would absolutely plan to move on from them as soon as it's opportunistic. Okay. Let's start working our way through the week. And I know we're going to probably do a little bit too much of how the sausage is made, but honestly, I don't care. I think it's going to be really interesting for people, and I still think that there will be value in them getting a fantasy pass and checking out the week ahead. But let's say, Derek, you're walking your own self through a week. What do you do each day of the week? How does your plan take one of your teams? I'm sure you have a whole bunch of them. We all do because we're all insane people. There you go. So let's take one out of your 14 head-to-heads. Walk me through what you're doing on a day-to-day. And, I mean, you don't have to monologue the entire week if you don't want, but just, like, if you set up the week the way that you want it to go right now in this league, mm-hmm. what are you trying to do at the risk of now the other people in your league seeing this podcast and trying to stop you from doing it? But 
Like, what are you doing on today before lineups lock? What are you doing tomorrow? How do, how do you go about building your whole week out? Folks, picture this nightmare scenario. You're hosting friends for the big game. It's neck and neck in the fourth quarter, and suddenly you realize you're out of drinks. Ooh, say all of your friends. You start to sweat. Your friends turn on you. You're forced to go on a last-second drink run and end up missing the game-winning touchdown while in line. Oh, no. Terrifying, isn't it? Luckily, you can avoid the drama with Drizzly, the go-to app for drink delivery. With Drizzly, you can shop a huge selection of beer, wine, and spirits, then get them delivered right to your watch party. Compare prices across multiple stores in your area, find the best deals on game day drinks, and get back to armchair quarterbacking from, you guessed it, your armchair. Download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com today. Must be 21 plus, not available in all locations. Yeah, absolutely. So the first thing I do is I um, I look at the schedule and I try to figure out which are the strong days, which are the weak days. Um, anything uh, with 10 games or more, I would define as a strong day. Anything with nine games or less, I would define as a weekday. And obviously it scales uh, up and down from there. Uh, the closer to zero you get, the, the weaker the day is and the more okay. value I'm going to place on those days. Uh, the next thing I do after I've done that is I split the, the schedule in half. I always want to, if I'm streaming, I always want to have two games in three days by the time Wednesday night is over. That's always my goal for my first move. Uh, and usually the schedule allows for me to do that. That way I know that from the exact moment that I'm able to, I'm adding value to my team. Because you're not, um, so just to jump in, because you're not yeah. planning on using another move on that streaming slot until at earliest Thursday, you're saying any combination of Monday, Tuesday, Monday, Wednesday, or Tuesday, Wednesday is actually okay with you. That's right. And I have been known to double stream, so I wouldn't necessarily rule out that I'm just turning over, uh, you know, one spot. There's a guy in my league who actually streams, uh, one of my main leagues, who streams like five spots at the beginning of the year, just so he can cycle through as much talent as possible. Holy I think smokes. he's crazy for that, but you know what? It's worked for him. Um, so what I, what I like to do is I, I like to split the schedule in half um, uh, after I've figured out where the weak and the strong days are. Um, no matter what I'm doing, I'm trying to get my two games in three days by Wednesday. If possible, I'd like to add in some extra value, uh, for a Tuesday, Wednesday, if I could get it, I'm definitely in, where possible. I don't mind using two of my moves by the time that Thursday morning comes around. Uh, and then the, the goal would be from Thursday onwards to again, try to figure out where my team, uh, is going to need the help the most. So typically those are the weaker days. Um, if I do get the sense that I, uh, I might have a loaded lineup, I might look and see at the exact positions that I might find myself needing. Uh, and if I might even see any value in adding to those, uh, you know, subbing one of my normal players out, because it's not always true that your, your holds are your best starts every single, every single night. Um, but, uh, but really I think the goal is to make sure that I have used up all my moves, um, by the time that I can no longer get two games out of them. So Typically, that's a Friday for me. I use, I like to have all my moves moved up, uh, used up by Friday. But sometimes the schedule demands that I'm using my last move on a Saturday for a back to back, and I'm not opposed to doing that. Uh, especially this week, there are some good Saturday back to backs that you can exploit. So, um, so what yeah, teams? I mean, what teams are you hunting? Just, I'll just jump in and I'm pivoting us. Yeah, take, go ahead. Take us back to tonight. Uh, what are you doing tonight? What do you like for these first three days as part of your your early week stream? 
Yeah. So, I mean, for me, I'm running to the wire in every league. And to be honest, it might be too late for some, some <laughs> of the most aggressive managers, but uh, I'm running to the wire and I'm going for uh, Clippers, Heat, Pelicans, and Wizards players with a particular preference to the Pelicans because I think they have the best schedule, uh, not only this week, but I think they're probably going to be heavy contenders for the best schedule next week. Uh, next week, mind you, is also a condensed week. And uh, unlike this week, where most of the league is playing four games, uh, there's only a handful of teams playing four games ne next week. The Pelicans are one of them, and I think they've got a lot of opportunity right now um, between injuries and kind of prospects that are kind of coming into their own on the team. Um, I think there's a really good opportunity for you to get a streamer player, a guy that's typically on the waiver wire, who can actually outproduce that value right now, as opposed to some of the other teams I named, the Clippers, for example, where, yes, they have a really good schedule, but I'm not necessarily as inclined to tell you to stream them because I'm less confident yeah, in their yeah. players. They're not, right. They're just, they're, they just don't get on the floor. So, you, I mean, you have to have, if you're going to stream somebody, you need them to actually play a little bit. Exactly. So you're not Simple just enough. using the schedule to determine your, to determine how you're moving forward, but it's definitely very influential in it. So yeah, I would definitely be looking at those four teams with probably the most preference to the Pelicans, the least preference to the Clippers. If I happen to strike out on those teams, I already named some of the other three and fours for Monday. So I'll just ask the people rewind and catch that. But I do have some four and fives to look at for Tuesday, hmm. four games in five days, mind you. Uh, you could look at Atlanta, the Hawks, you could look at Cleveland, you could look at Orlando, you could look at Phoenix, and you could look at Toronto. Now, not all those games are falling on the same days, but effectively those five teams will get you four games in a five-day period if you factor out Thanksgiving. Right. Um, so those are the teams that I'm going to run to the wire for. Run, don't walk. Get the best player that you can from them that matches your team's needs and just ride them out for the rest of the week. Is that most uh, weeks, so? When you yeah, talked about the two, when you talked about the Tuesday names, Indiana, Orlando, Phoenix, Toronto, is that is that the direction you go? Say if you don't get the the four game guys that start tonight, are those backup options, or is that something where you're like, hey, I I actually like some of these streaming options better. I might even wait around to Tuesday, or does that now put you in a tight spot? Because if you don't get them. Now you're stuck without either of those options. So how do you how do you balance that attack method? Well, I would want the I would want whoever's listening to get the best player available from that group of uh, eight or nine teams that I okay. just went through. I don't think it actually makes much of a functional difference for streaming purposes whether they do one or the other, but one or the other being Monday or Tuesday, because no matter what, they will still meet my criteria of having two games in three days by Wednesday. Um, so effectively, as long as they're, they're filling, uh, needs in their lineup, then I think they are doing the right thing. Now, of course you want to get games played on the, on the day that you're actually making the move. Um, so if, if that's an available option for you and there's a player that is of comparable value to a Tuesday start, then yeah, go for them right, right away. If that player you get on a Monday doesn't work out as well as you hoped, you do still have the opportunity to flip them on Tuesday for one of those guys that have that four and five schedule. Um, so yeah, where possible, make the move on the, on today. Uh, instead of tomorrow but uh, if you do think that there is uh, if you're preferring to take a best player available approach there's nothing wrong with going for the Tuesday start get your guy and and worry about the rest from there so um, if you're going the Monday route let's say we go the Monday mm -hmm. path on this yeah. that takes you all the way to the end of the games on Saturday right that's right so you at that point you're almost definitely going to have a move left on Sunday unless you're streaming three slots and you already said you know one i think you called two a double a double stream double barrel action there um mm -hmm. if am i am i off base there it sounds like i know you said you like to use them up by friday but it almost seems like you're 
with the way this week is set up, you might just sort of be stuck with a move or two left on Sunday to use setting up Sunday and the following week. Yeah, that's true. I, I don't like to assume that uh, that teams are going to hold those players all the way through because in, in certain circumstances, you that's might fair. actually just find that you prefer uh, with the Pacers, for example, if you look at their Tuesday to Friday schedule, uh, they play every day that's possible. Um, and the same is true of um, uh, some of the other teams that are active on Tuesday going into Friday. Um, the only difference between the Pacers and some of those other teams is that um, the other teams finish a game on Sunday. I'm not necessarily planning to hold past uh, past that Friday, though, if by flipping that player on Friday, I'm able to add two games. I'm always trying to add two games where I have one. So there's no functional difference between... Uh, I'm sorry, I'm just playing with my, my schedule mixer here. Yeah. There's no functional difference between, uh, between the Magic and the Pacers if you are trying to make a move after Friday's game wraps up. Um, so I actually would plan to be, um, if I have one of those teams that are on a four and five from Tuesday going into, uh, going into Sunday, I would actually plan to be, uh, making a flip after Friday night's games wrap up in the hopes that I can get one of those back-to-backs that happen on Saturday, Sunday. Let me do a couple of questions. It's not entirely possible though. That's, that's, that's all right. Let me do a couple of questions from the chat room. And then I have a, a strategy question that I might hit sure. you with depending on how timing goes the rest of the way. Um, as I've mentioned before, if you guys put questions in the live chat here on YouTube, make sure they are focused on weekly strategy or basically just like game streaming, things like that. We're not going to be doing like breaking down your trades or whatever on this, but we do have a few questions that are actually more specific to this week. This one's kind of open-ended, but I'm guessing you're going to understand what it means better than I do, which Henry says, when do I play Giannis this week? So I'm assuming what does the buck schedule look like? Uh, Derek is that is it a little bit is it weird are they heavy this week uh, they play every other day starting today basically oh, Monday so Wednesday Friday I, Sunday, I mean if okay. you're if you're in a weekly moves league then you should be starting him anyway um, and frankly I think if he's if he's healthy you should start him uh, every single game so those games would be um, Monday they're on a road or a road game at the Wizards then they're going to go visit the Celtics uh, and then they're going to host the Wizards on Friday, uh, and then they're going to host the Blazers on uh, on Sunday. So as I'm going through that schedule there, I'm seeing three relatively uncompetitive teams. Well, two, I guess I should say, three relatively uncompetitive games. So it's entirely possible that you might see a rest game from Giannis somewhere in there, but I'm not in the business of predicting injuries or rest games. Um, so I think until you hear that news from someone who has those sources, I think you should plan to start Giannis in every single one of those games and hope that because he's playing some relatively uncompetitive teams that he is absolutely going to light it up because they're not going to have anyone to stop him. Um, yeah, I'm that, definitely that, going to be starting him against the Celtics on, uh, on the Wednesday, because I mean, you, you want to get the stars in their big matchups. You know, that Giannis has Jason Tatum's name circled on his calendar and the reverse is true. So those guys are going to be getting up for each other. And I always like to bet on all stars when they're facing each other, because you love to see the alphas really try to duke it out. Next question from the chat room. This is very much a weekly lineup question. Mitchell Robinson with three games mm. or Onyeka Okongwu with four this coming week, which, I mean, like hair-splitting 101. I'm going to say uh, Okongwu, but, I mean, this could really very much go either way. Both of these guys, like, where's Robinson at in 9-cat right now? 90-something, and then Okongwu. They're neck and neck in the 9-cat rankings. Yeah, they're so, very I mean, close. I, I think you're right. It's got to be Okongwu. If they're, if they're comparable producers, and frankly, they, they do produce mostly in the same areas, I think you just got to take the guy with more games. Yeah, just... 
hope that like and again you're playing the odds it, it doesn't mean that it always works if Mitchell Robinson had is the one like mega explosion 12.19 rebound four block game then obviously we get this one wrong but you're playing the odds you got one extra chance on Okongwu to have a nice ball game and most of the time you just assume things kind of level out in stuff like this um and i really like okongo's oh, schedule right now too he's playing a bunch of teams that like to play small ball so i think they're going to really need his mobility to come out there and uh kind of give capella a break um so i think he's going to have a chance to put up some really nice lines especially in that washington game i'm picking on washington today sorry and i mean <laughs> hey everybody here listening has watched a wizards game or at least looked at what they seem to be there is nothing we can say about the wizards that is not uh, that is too mean right now they are atrocious uh justin asks should i try to squeeze one more game out of dario charge tonight or just drop him now for cole anthony um i guess it would depend on how aggressive the managers in your league are if you think that he's going to be there if he's not one of the top trending ads on your waiver wire right now i do like the risk of letting uh of letting sarge give you one more game before you move on to cole anthony where you can get that uh back-to-back tuesday wednesday um, I mean, really, it's a back-to-back-to-back. To back to back. So, yes, the answer is you should add Cole Anthony. If you think you can afford to delay until Tuesday, then do so. Um, but if you are at all nervous that you might miss out on that player or that you think that Anthony is going to be uh, really productive for you, hopefully you're in a guard stats build, then I, I can't argue against going for him now. Three games of him is better than one game of Sarich. There are a bunch of rest of season questions floating around. Depending on time, I might be able to hit those towards the end of the show. But I really do want to keep the the Derek segment here focused on the week ahead. Uh, I, want, I had a strategic question that I don't know if I've asked you on the show before. And that is, as you're building out this streaming uh, calendar, attack method, whatever you want to call Charlie Map, do you, do you look at your opponent and, like, are, are you hunting categories or are you just hunting like overall production because it feels like if you're going up a team uh, going up against a team where you're like okay this is a club I know is extraordinarily powerful in assists do I stream a different direction or um is it too early in the season for that how deep do you dive on the pairing on the the choice of streamer when their sort of overall production is somewhat similar but just in different categories uh, I think you have to be planning to do that, especially as the competitiveness of your league goes up. I think you do have to know what your opponent's going to be doing because, you know, if I'm facing a team that is loaded with all the best shot blockers in the league, then it doesn't really make a difference if I've chosen to stream Mitchell Robinson or Onyeka Okongwu or, you know, name another guy because they're just their value is going to be lost in that matchup. So you do need to know where your uh, metaphorical bread is buttered. Um, Yummy. But, uh, but I mean, really, it's uh, it's it's not the worst thing to get the best player available if you know that that best player available is at least a one order of magnitude greater than the other streamers that might just be categorized as specialists hmm. so it is possible you might get a guy like a santi aldama who's just going to blow it out of the water for one game or one week and then it won't matter what categories you're trying to win because that's just too much value to leave on the wire uh, but in most cases you should know when you make a move i want to win assists i want to win steals and you should be getting a player that does that um, now you should also know that if you're planning to win assists and steals, you should feel relatively confident that you can do that against your team or against your opponent, because not every team is going to be able to do that. So you need to know. Uh, and the best way to do that is to look at your opponent's past matchups. You're, gonna, you're not going to have a huge history to look at, but look at their results from their past matchups. Look at the sort of star players. Maybe we'll say their top five picks. 
you're going to have a really strong idea of what that team's going to be good at. Even if you're just a casual basketball fan, you're going to know that the scorers are going to be good at points. You're going to recognize that a point guard is going to produce a lot of assists. You're going to recognize that a traditional big is going to produce a lot of uh, rebounds, blocks, and have good field goal percentage. There are things that you're going to intuitively know. And if you get that sense about a team, you're going to move in the other, other direction. He is Derek Ball. That was it. I didn't have another one. Uh, you cleared That's the, me. You cleared the deck, man. You cleared <laughs> the deck. Uh, he is Derek Ball. He is at D-Ball, B-Ball on social media. And I was looking at the clock. I was like, I generally try to get you out of here after about 25 minutes. I don't want to chew up your whole afternoon. Derek, as always, thank you, my good man. Dan, it's been a pleasure. We'll talk to you again same time next week. You, well, roughly the same time. <laughs> I, do, <laughs> I, I do my best. Uh, thank you, Derek. We'll see you soon. He is Derek Ball. A big thank you to at D-Ball, B-Ball over on social media. Amazing Charlie Map brain on the week ahead. Hopefully you guys are able to get a lot of good stuff out of this on what direction to be streaming and on which days. I like that he attacks it from a long streaming standpoint as well, which you guys know that I'm a big proponent of because it allows you to stream multiple slots. It allows you to save moves if you need to for some of those rest-of-season guys that we talked about uh, a little bit earlier in the show. I want to do, before I get into the next segment, please do take a moment, everybody, to like, subscribe. I'm going to keep leaning into that subscription thing. I'm going to keep putting my elbow into it because I just I know it's not that hard to click that button uh, so please just take a second while you're hanging out with us here, pause the show, navigate over to the button there, subscribe, like, it's super fast. You'll get Sports Ethos updates. You'll get little notifications when we go live on all of our shows. These days I'm trying to do, uh, I think it's about eight-ish shows a week. Um, I don't know that I'm ever going to have time to do more than that until my kids are in college. You ain't don't want to wait that long. But either way, we got a lot of good stuff going, and the, the faster that our YouTube channel grows, the faster that our podcast channels grow, the more that I can lean into all of this stuff, sort of justifying the time, the resources spent on it. And maybe someday I'll learn how to do a video that's not so low-tech. Someday. Let's talk about the weekly lineup decisions that are at the top of everybody's mind. We'll start at the uh, highest-ranked players and just kind of work our way through the board. So stick with me here. This will be kind of a lightning round deal. Uh, Donovan Mitchell dealing with a hamstring strain. He's already been ruled out for tomorrow. That is not a good sign. You guys know this. We've all been around the block long enough to know when a player's ruled out a full day in advance, that generally means that they're not all that close to coming back. That said, the Cavs do have a four-game week because they go back-to-back Tuesday, Wednesday, and back-to-back Saturday, Sunday, meaning what if you could maybe still get two games out of him? I just don't think you can take that risk. One game, zero games out of a roster slot in a weekly lineup situation is a mess. If you're in a deeper league, maybe you have to take a shot on it because the guy you'd be putting in is like a top 250 player. But if you're in a 12-teamer and you have like a top 125 guy off the bench that's giving you four games, that guy would get you relatively close to a one, one-and-a-half game Donovan Mitchell week. So that, to me, is the safer route to take on that one. Uh, Avery Simon, CJ McCollum still out long term. You don't have to worry about that. Same with Tyler Hero, uh, Cam Thomas. We haven't had an update in the last five or six days, so I think we can assume that he's also not super close to coming back either. Alperin Shengun popped up on the injury report. He is questionable for tonight's matchup against Golden State with a lower back contusion. That's called 
uh, dealing with a multiple day stretch in Los Angeles and then dealing with LeBron at the ter- at the end of it. Doesn't sound all that serious. That said, Houston, only a three-game week and front-loaded Monday, Wednesday, Friday. You will likely have an update on him at some point later on this evening, but it might not come before lineups fully lock in certain weekly leagues. I don't know how you play him if he's still questionable at like 3.55 Pacific time, about an hour from now, and I I don't know that we're going to get another update on it. If you're playing him, you're praying you get two games because he's right on the cusp. Now, I I get it, head-to-head leagues, which is the way most of these are when we're talking about a weekly lineup decision. Two games out of Shangun is pretty good. That's 40 points. That's 17 rebounds. That's uh, 11 to 12 assists, a couple of steals and a block. Are there guys you could play that would give you that in a four-game week? You're you're talking 10, 4 and some odd, 3 and some odd, like, those guys actually don't really grow on trees. And that's why the cutoff for a two-game week tends to be guys ranked around the top 50 or better. I feel like Shangun is guaranteed two games this week. So I would call it like a 2.3 since we don't know how likely he is to play tonight. Is it 50-50? Is it slightly less than that? So I probably lean towards playing him, but that one is a really tight call and a very hard one. Uh, Derek White ruled out for Boston. It's the second half of a back-to-back, and they're calling it personal reasons, but I, it's hard to know how legitimate that is. They still have three more games the rest of the week, so I think I'm probably a go on Derek White. Um, Kelly Oubre still out for a while. I think Alex Caruso is a game-time call, or maybe he got upgraded to probable, so I think I would probably go with an okay on him. Uh, Kevin Herter is a weird one. He, he's dealing with a finger issue, um, uh, sprained it on his non-shooting hand, Missed their game on uh, Sunday night, but they play again tonight in New Orleans as part of a of a two gamer uh, down in the Bayou today and Wednesday. Um, and he's questionable. So here's the thing: it's a three game week for the Kings. Herder's been on a pretty significant heater prior to that game before. I think we'll probably get an update on him before lineups lock because that game is at about 5 o'clock Pacific time, so only about an hour after the full lineup lock takes place. If he's in, you just assume he's good for the rest of the week, and then he's probably a go in a lot of formats. If he's out, Herter's not good enough to justify a two-game week, even with as hot as he's been uh, leading up to that one slower ball game. Jalen Duran just got ruled out, so in a best-case scenario, he's a one-game week, so he should remain on your bench. Uh, Karis Levert was one. I was out all day, and then uh, I like I got home and I saw that he had actually missed the last one with, uh, I guess it's just being listed as left knee soreness right now. Um, we talked about it with Donovan Mitchell. It's a four-gamer for the Cavs, so Levert is probably a go in a lot of formats. The only issue there is, like, we're not only talking about a guy that's just inside the top 100. Anything less than three games, and it's a very bad decision to throw him out there. So these are guys, when you get back into the Leverts and basically anybody we talk about that's beyond him, if you're not getting a full four-game week, you can probably get more out of some dude ranked not that far away that's on the waiver wire that does have a safe, healthy four-game week. Deeper leagues, he's probably a go. Um, but 12 I mean, like a 12-teamer, you should be able to find somebody who's ranked near 115, 120 on the waiver wire and just drop him in there for a four-game week, and then you don't have to worry about it all that much. I don't know that there's anybody else that's good enough to really warrant this whole, like, should I or should not should I not start them to this point. Everybody else is pretty far down the board 
And so I think those are most of your weekly lineup decisions uh, all rolled into one little pocket. Let's do a few questions that are not necessarily uh, weekly lineup related. You guys got to see my flannel pants there, but I was just trying to stretch my lower back during this part of the show. Uh, Haney Mini says, is there a point at which we can drop Jordan Poole for someone like Derek Lively who fits my team better? I'm currently 2-2 two and two in the standings. I don't know how you drop Jordan Poole. I mean, so I, I did say that I didn't want to draft him. I made that very clear leading up to the season. He was one of the guys that I thought had a bottom that could just totally fall out, like a big-time bust risk guy. But if you didn't listen to that and you drafted him, you kind of have to just stick with it because you know that at some point he's just going to start chucking up 18, 19 shots a ball game. I don't know what that point when when that point might be, but it's got to happen at some point. He's not going to just coast along like this all year without going and trying to blow the roof off the building a few times. So, no, I don't know how you drop Jordan Poole. You spent so much draft capital on him, and if you drop him, somebody will pick him up almost immediately to hope that this thing gets turned around. And that's one of the other factors you have to think about when you drop a player. Will that player be there for me on in the waiver wire pool if I ever change my mind? And with Poole, no. Would you drop Emmanuel quickly for Draymond Green and 9-cat Roto? Yes. Chris Paul for Keldon Johnson? I'd rather have Chris Paul. By the way, depending on what site you're using to look for rankings, these guys have very different numbers. But Chris Paul's number 70 right now because, uh, first of all, his field goal percent is up to now 39 instead of 36. These little, these little tweaks, they go a long way. And his assists are still high, and his steals are still high, and his free throw percent is high. And, like, legitimately, he can go higher because the field goal percent should probably continue to tick in the right direction. Keldon Johnson is just a nightly fear zone on what he's going to do to your percentages. Oh, I should have given this question to Derek. Oopsies. Should I drop Dyson Daniels after today and add Skylar Mays for Tuesday, then back-to-back drop Mays for a Bilal, I don't know, man, points league, by the way. Um, well, let's see. Let me go to the schedules here for a second. New Orleans is a four-game week. We know Jose Alvarado is coming back, so that could mess things up a little bit. The Blazers are a three-game week. Um, I mean, like, you're not adding any games by moving um, Dyson Daniels for Skylar Mays on Tuesday. They each have three games the rest of the week. Although I guess one of them is on an overflow day, so you die. Uh, semi-overflow day. Pelicans are Friday, Saturday. Blazers are just Sunday. So Friday's an overflow day, then maybe you can't use Dyson Daniels there. I don't really like Bilal all that much. I don't think his fantasy game is is rounded out yet. I think I might just stick with Dyson Daniels for a bit. I don't need to make the, the move this early. Should I get the jump and drop Gordon Hayward for Santi Aldama? Uh, it's a 10-teamer. Yeah, I'm fine with that. I don't know that Gordon Hayward's going to be a 10-team guy when that team gets fully healthy. Uh, and we know Aldama is not going to be a value for that long because eventually Jaw's going to be back and... Uh, Marcus Smart will be back at some point, and so guys are going to get pushed out. But I mean, I don't, I don't think that you're going to feel all that bad. Gordon Hayward will have some good games here and there because the, that team is not fully healthy yet. But at some point, he's going to get squeezed too. So you might as well just get the guy who's playing hotter right now. In a 12-teamer, I don't think I would have said that. By the way, Maxi or De'Aaron Fox? 
I'll go Tyrese Maxey. I think Fox, his three-point numbers are going to come down a lot. He's way out in front of anything he's ever done in his career by, like, a factor of 200% or something. So that's going to that's gonna taper. And I know Maxey's going to taper, too. It's just, like, Fox is also taking, like, four shots more than any other year in his career, and it's not like the players around him got magically worse. He's just been really, 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 really hot, and so you sort of you go with it. Cole Anthony or Sadiq Bey? If we're talking about this week, um, Orlando's got the four games Tuesday through Sunday. Atlanta's also got four games Tuesday through Sunday. If you're talking rest of season, I think I'd probably go Bay. answer to both questions. Draymond Green is available in a head-to-head category league. Would you drop DiVincenzo for him after tonight? Yes. Fellas, what do you think about stashing Andre Drummond? He already pulls down so many boards in 15 minutes. I don't think the Bulls are... are shooting everybody out of there for a little bit yet. You sit on Drummond for a long time, and he is bad in a lot of other categories. Trey Jones or Tyus Jones rest of season? I'll go Tyus. I hate the Wizards right now, but he just has more opportunity at the moment. Kevon Looney or Goga Batadze? I'll go Looney just while Draymond is out, and then I don't really want either of them all that much. Hey, Dan, was 3-0 and and lost last week to an 0-3 team after beating mid-team close enough week before. How much should I panic getting into next week? I'm in a dynasty league and didn't make many changes. I mean, this crap happens. Sometimes a good team or a bad team has a good week. Sometimes a good team has a bad week. Sometimes the schedule gods just don't align. It's part of what I think makes head-to-head kind of stupid, but you certainly can't panic after one week. Would you drop Gordon Hayward for Trey Murphy? I am not dropping a healthy player for a player that is currently not playing. So, no. Alex Caruso or Derek Lively? Uh, I don't know if this is this week or rest of season. Um, Chicago, if it's this week, it's Caruso because Chicago has two games in Dallas. Or uh, Chicago has four games and Dallas only has two. If it's rest of season, it's probably Lively because we know Caruso is either going to get hurt or traded. Or both. Um, and Lively probably maybe neither. So Lively rest of season Caruso this week. Do you see it getting any better for Jaden McDaniels? No. No. I don't. Um, I mean, he'll do a little bit more than he's doing right now. Uh, he's typically been a 1-1-1 one, one, one guy, so the steals and blocks will probably get up closer to one each. But he's going to probably be right around what he did last year, which was like between 100 and 125. And he just slowly bounced around in there because there aren't any rebounds for him. There aren't any assists for him to get. There aren't enough shots for him to take. So all that's left is a steal, a block, and a three-pointer. And hopefully good percentages. But there just isn't... He's a, he's a, a shining example of a player who's way better in real life than they are in fantasy. And that is where we'll pull the plug, because you guys have exactly one hour to get your lineup set. Thanks, as always, for watching, everybody. Subscribe. I don't care where you're taking this in. Please pause what you're doing and subscribe. Follow Derek Ball at DBallBball. Follow me on Twitter at Dan Bespris. And uh, hang out with us again tomorrow. We'll break down the big Monday card on a Tuesday show. We'll also probably have a buy low episode. That was a good one last week. Everybody really enjoyed the buy low episode on Tuesday, so try to get another one of those bad boys going thanks as everybody for the uh, thanks to everybody for the questions and i'll see you guys tomorrow so long for now